back to Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, and this week we have a very special episode to present to you. I am recording uh, from my childhood home down in Maryland, and I'm here with my childhood friend and sweetheart, Sean, the Swedish Cyclops Bukowski. Sean, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. All right. Great. Great introductions all around. Um, And as I said, this is a very special episode. And what we're going to be discussing is the recent news that Stars, as a channel, Stars with a Z, is uh, unceremoniously decided to cancel Ash vs. the Evil Dead um, after its third season, which is actually concluding this weekend. Um, And we've decided that we're going to have a little discussion uh, over how we feel about that. But furthermore, Bruce Campbell has come out. Um, The impeccable Bruce Campbell has come out and said that this will uh, mark the retirement of Ashley J. Williams as a character, uh, which a lot of people took as kind of a a hard blow. Uh, Horror fans worldwide kind of took that hard. And um, yeah, we just have a a little conversation about that and what Bruce Campbell and the character that he's portrayed over the last 30-some years um, means to us and uh, what what it means going forward now that he's quote-unquote retired. Um, but yeah, before we dive into that dense subject, um, we're just going to have our... As you heard, those are the squirrels that live in my walls, uh, that are currently, um, fighting or fucking. We're not quite sure. Um, but (laughs) what we're going to get into before we get into the conversation about Bruce Campbell is, uh, what have we been watching? What have we been drinking? Sean, I'll let you start off. What are you currently drinking right now? I am currently drinking a can of Rebel Fuel, which I stole from your fridge. <laughs> it's true. One of my first stops when I came uh, into town was the local liquor store, and I bought the beer with the coolest label on it, so it had some cartoon robots. Uh, Alright, and what, what have you been watching recently? Uh, most recently, I haven't watched too much. Uh, one thing I really liked was uh, a DC animation by the name of Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, it takes pl- It's sort of a Batman Elseworld storyline that takes place in the turn of the century uh, in which Jack the Ripper is murdering people in Gotham and it's up to Batman to stop him. Nice, yeah. I, I, I heard about that one. Um, it's based off the book by Mike Mignola, the guy, the Hellboy guy. Mm-hmm. He did the original book. Um, I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I'd love to hear more about it. It's definitely an amazing uh, animated film. Uh, not, I personally am not too much into animated films, uh, adult, kid, or otherwise. Uh, however, it's a great storyline, to say the least. Uh well-written animation is very good as well. Uh, but it is something that I highly recommend. All right. Now, uh, interesting. Uh, what would you quantify as an adult animated feature? Basically, since you will easily find uh, animated movies that don't necessarily have the same uh, movie ratings for maturity and whatnot that you'd find on movies released in theaters and whatnot, so you won't always find, oh, this movie's R-rated, this movie's PG-13. No, but it's not necessarily, oh, I'm saying, go watch anime porn or something. No, (laughs) it's a movie with 
mature themes, violence, blood, uh, the fact that it's Jack the Ripper going around and slicing up prostitutes and what have you would be more along the lines of an adult animation rather than a child's animation. I don't know. Kids nowadays watch some weird shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, that one looked really great. And there's one coming up. I don't know if you've seen the um, Batman Samurai or Batman Ninja that's coming out. Have you seen that one? I have not. It looks pretty cool. The animation is pretty interesting. It's kind of has some weird time travel elements where Batman and the Joker get sent back to feudal Japan. And they wind up like warring ninja clans, I guess. Um, but that one looks like it would be more catering towards adults because it looks pretty like brutal, bloody, like epic ninja battles between Batman and the Joker. Um, another one might be cool to check out. Uh, and then, yeah, we both basically just got out of the theater a little while ago to see Infinity War. Boy, we're still unpacking that. We don't want to talk about that too much because I know uh, us down in front guys are going to have a, a, a big, big episode coming up uh, based around that one. Um, so plan to hear more about that one soon, or if this episode comes out afterward, which it probably will. Hope you enjoyed that one. Um, and then, yeah, so Infinity War, that's what I've been watching. Uh, otherwise, just still playing some Monster Hunter, and I'm currently drinking Calvert. Brewing Company, Cream Ale. It's pretty good. Local beer. Figured I'd try some while I'm here in town. Uh, can't complain. It does the trick. Calvert creamed in it himself. Yep. Mr. Calvert's Cream. Uh, alrighty. And as I said before, uh, we are uh, literally sitting in my childhood bedroom, sitting on Spider-Man bed sheets. Um, so if you hear any weird noises, that's just because we are currently camped out in my tiny little bedroom on creaky old beds. Recording this on my phone. What do you Top mean by notch. Any noises? Any noises, just disregard them. You know, anything that sounds like a fart. Um, or squirrels having sex. Or squirrels family. having sex in my walls. Um, this house is is a is a mystery in itself. Um, but yes. So, uh, Sean Bruce Campbell, go. What does this man mean to you? What uh, What are your impressions? And what is your favorite Bruce Campbell movie? Bruce Campbell. The Once and Future King has been a, an enormous influence on my life. He's taught me how to live, but more importantly, he's taught me how to love. Uh, honestly, he is the first uh, cinematic or any pop culture icon, for that matter, that actually was impressionable upon a young Sean Bukowski that I would consider a ladies' man. Uh, my first experience uh, watching something with Bruce Campbell was when a small television show uh, starring Bruce Campbell called Briscoe County Jr. first aired on television in the early 90s. Uh, and I'll be honest, at that time, even though that was the first time ever seeing him, I did not know who Bruce Campbell was until years later when I saw Army of Darkness for the first time. And this was when things were still on VHS tapes. We weren't talking about DVDs, right? Yes, when I popped a VHS into a 17-inch TV-VCR combo. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you walk down the street and you see a KFC uh, Kentucky Fried Taco that had the Taco Bell and the mm -hmm. KFC, but this, you know, nice. 
Um, and so, for the folks that don't know, Briscoe County Jr. was Bruce Campbell's Western cowboy show, where, uh, give it them was. a rundown of, like, what the, the formula for that show was. Uh, Bruce Campbell's character, Briscoe County Jr., uh, was the son of a famous, uh, legendary U.S. Marshal in that story, who had just, as the story opens, tracked down and, uh, arrested the most notorious gang in the West. Uh, it was a completely made-up gang with made-up characters, but I believe there were, like, I don't know, up to, like, 12 different members of this gang who, upon escaping from the uh, custody of Briscoe County Sr., uh, they killed him, and Bruce Campbell, who is his wise-cracking yet educated son who necessarily wanted no part of this type of life is then roped into hunting down and uh, bringing to justice his father's murderers. And that's how the story arcs progressed, is that one at a time he'd be tracking down or one or two of these individuals because apparently after they escaped custody, they all went their separate ways. <laughs> and the hilarity and hijinks that you'd expect from anything Bruce Campbell was definitely uh, seen and experienced in this show. Uh, a lot of fun for, I mean, easily the target audience spanned from anywhere from young children to uh, adults as well. So this show uh, in particular, as you sort of said, doesn't have any sort of, sort of historical context. All the characters are sort of made up and you can kind of go from that. It doesn't have to be, you know... Well, I'll go on two points from that. One, there is a mysterious object, a giant orb with these little toggles that stick out of it uh, that apparently is a somewhat unexplained item, possibly alien, possibly mystic. Uh, it's unearthed by some Chinese railroad workers. And because the show did not run as long as I think they hoped, those objects were never truly explained, <laughs> but it did add a supernatural almost, like type of feel to it, and there is supernatural ph phenomenon that does exist in there. But to go on actual characters, how they are made up, I'll give you an example that one character that Bruce Campbell was, uh, well, Briscoe County Jr. was tracking down and attempting to arrest, was an individual who thought he was a pirate in the desert who had a cannon attached to a stagecoach, and they would fire at it and take over other stagecoaches as though they were a pirate ship pulling alongside another and plundering that ship. Nice. No, I like it. I when did, like I feel as though I haven't watched as much of this show as I think I have because I don't remember anything about them finding the mysterious object. When is is that later in the? Uh, the object is first seen. In the first movie, or, I'm sorry, the first episode of the show, though nothing happens with it, it's just these, uh, one of the first scenes of the show has these Chinese railroad workers that are digging through a mine or something, uh, find this object, and when they touch it, a blue light surges through them that gives them the strength to just tear their shackles apart, and then they walk away. And that's the extent that it shows it for, I'd say, the first, I don't know, 
eight episodes, maybe. So see now, someone someone like me, uh, a simpleton who um, does not know how to read, would see that and watch that show and assume that was historically accurate as to how um, Chinese railroad workers made their mark in America and forged the railroads, but also gained their freedom through alien technology. I mean, that's what I remember learning in school. As far as I'm aware, that was why the government started Area 51. It actually was opened back in the Old West. And the whole thing about Roswell and whatnot was because alien ships crashed in Roswell, New Mexico, trying to recover some object that they lost way back in the uh, turn of the century. Gotcha. Okay, I just want to do some fact-checking. I just want to make sure that the show is... Historically accurate, 100% honest, uncovering the truth. We do not bullshit you, dear listener. Uh, we appreciate you and we respect you, so we don't, wanna, we don't want you to think that we're, uh, you know, fucking around here. It's just that there has been a very extensive cover-up is all for this. Oh, obviously, obviously. I mean, going back into Bruce Campbell's work, like, there, there always has to be kind of that air of, like, weird, supernatural, bizarre, sci-fi heart. I feel like there always has to be a touch of that. Um, there's only a few examples I can think of, like Burn Notice is more of like a, like a spy drama and he's sort of a supporting character in that. But I feel like there always has to be like a little bit of weird, like Jack of All Trades was his kind of other show, right? It was, uh, it came out later than Briscoe County Jr. I can't recall the exact dates. I believe mid to late nineties, maybe, uh, where, I honestly can't for the life of me remember where it was supposed to take place. Some sort of uh, British colony. Uh, though he was... Sort of took on the uh, hidden uh, secret identity of a local uh, folk hero for this colony in order to stop the French from more or less, uh, and Napoleon from taking over the world, uh, but doing so by doing his small part on this, I believe it was either a French or British colony, and it was while British and French relations were iffy at best, he plays an American who happens to be in this French-British colony. And that's perfect, because, like, he always sort of plays... Bruce Campbell's roles are always sort of an extension of himself in that he's always kind of that guy that sticks out like a sore thumb in the crowd that he's in, but he's kind of doing it in a way where he also is trying desperately to to blend in but still be the cool guy. I feel like that's at least my impression of most of his, his roles, and I'm not saying by any means I've seen everything that he's been in, but uh, I feel like for me the first time I saw him was after, like, the tenth time I saw him when I realized, it's like, oh, it's that guy from that other movie that I saw where he played that other that other role. And, like, he became one of those that guy roles for me. And then as I came back into loving horror movies, that's when uh, I was um, exposed to uh, the, the trilogy of Evil Dead 1, 2, and Army of Darkness, which will eventually lead into the show that he's doing now, Ash vs. the Evil Dead... Um, of the namesake of the character, Ashley J. Williams, which I think in the third season we actually find out that what J stands for. I think it's also, like, another, like, woman's name. Like, Ashley could be either or, but I think it's, like, Jane? I can't remember. But it's it's really funny because as he's as he's grown 
as a character, he's also obviously grown as a human being in real life and aged, and sort of the way that they treat the character in this show has been really great, because in the most recent season, we find out he has this daughter that he didn't know about, and, you know, it's terrible, but you find yourself saying, that's so Ash, but he's also dealing with these end-of-the-world evil deadite demon scenarios, if you're familiar with the character, back when we were introduced to him in Evil Dead, which sort of set the standard for Cabin in the Woods films. He's sort of on a trip with his sister and their friends, and they find a book, and they read from the book, and they accidentally summon the evil of all evil, and they get possessed, and he basically has to fight his way out and kill all these people, and it's just a, it's a great time for everybody involved. And from that, I don't think they would have expected all those years ago for it to blow up into this big thing, but um, Sean, can you talk about kind of your first experience seeing those movies and sort of where it led you to this this feverish fandom that you find yourself in where you just have a shrine to Bruce Campbell in your home that you don't let your wife know about? Oh, she's completely aware of it. <laughs> don't worry. She knows not to uh, go through that door, not to disturb it. Well, she doesn't have a key to the door. Just pretend that it does not exist. It is ultimately a blank wall. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Exactly. But so, as I said, uh, the first time I saw him and recognized him as, oh, that guy is an actor named Bruce Campbell, was when I saw Army of Darkness. So it was until later that I related him back to a show I previously liked with an actor that I enjoyed but was at a point in my life where I did not care at all what actors' names were or what anything about them. It's just, oh, I like that guy. Or I knew them as the character rather than the actor. Whereas with Army of Darkness, you get the satirically suave, debonair, that is, Ash Williams uh, character. And that's just what got me hooked on Bruce Campbell Many, many directors, actors, writers have tried to make movies that are good because they're intentionally bad. Tried to make a movie that, oh, it's so over the top, people are going to love it. Yet all of them have failed. I mean, it seems that the only time a movie is so good or so bad it's good is because these people were trying to make a good movie. Whereas the Bruce Campbell type of acting when he is the Ash Williams character is a forced over-exaggeration on acting. So anytime he has to show emotion or express uh, words with a very particular emphasis is intentionally done so, so over the top that it becomes a staple that he's known for. But what he's known for more so is that it's a staple in which he can do it successfully, which is what I believe uh, is the main attraction to why people love him as an actor. I mean, he's considered the best B-rated actor because his acting isn't, say, that of a Sir Patrick Stewart who <laughs> and Macbeth or anyone that is considered a quote-unquote big name in Hollywood. Because Bruce Campbell's acting is intentionally on movies that are done more or less for fun. By no means do I think any movie him and like his friend Sam Raimi and them have done were ever truly intended 
for the purpose of making money. Rather, making money off the movie happened to be a effect rather than the cause. And they were just making it to have fun. And that's, yeah, that's a good point. It seems like a lot of this sort of bloomed out of just friends kind of going in the woods with all the all the equipment and making this movie. Um, because it started as the idea sort of blossomed from a short that they did called, I think it was like Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they made Evil Dead. Where well, So your first um, film exposure to him was, was Army, Army of, of Darkness. Darkness. Which is the third in a trilogy, even though canon-wise, the first and second, the second is a remake of the first. Yeah, which is sort of what I was getting into. Like, I sort of had the same exposures. I saw... Because Army of Darkness is on TV, like, all the time. Like, like they show it on a lot of the, the movie networks, and it's like, you know, you see some of those scenes, and you're like, I've seen that before. Like, when he's fighting the skeletons, or, you know, something crazy happens, or, the, like, the Three Stooges routine, or, like, the little little hymns chasing him around, or he's drinking the, the hot... Like, all those scenes from that movie... You've seen on TV probably once or twice in your life, and if you're not familiar with the movie, you you might understand what I'm talking about, but some of there's these movies where you haven't seen the whole thing, but you've seen bits and pieces of it, and eventually I was just like, shit, I gotta watch this movie, so I saw Army of Darkness, and then I found out about, obviously, Evil Dead 1 and 2 were before it, and I remember a while back you and I having the conversation, it's like, well, you don't necessarily have to watch both Evil Dead 1 and 2, because like you're saying, one was a remake of the other, because they made the first one. It did okay, but then they came back with more money, more budget, and they made like a better version of the movie. Exactly. With the first one, they had to raise that money themselves. Uh, and, and this was before Kickstarter, this was before GoFundMe, before all that bullshit, so they really had, you can, you can tell they really had to work hard to actually make that movie happen. Exactly, and... Understandably, as soon as they had enough that they felt they could reasonably produce a movie, they went out and made it. Whereas with the second one, they were able to come back, they were able to actually acquire more investors and whatnot, uh, a little bit bigger budget in order to do uh, certain things that they wanted to do but couldn't afford in the first one, which allowed them to have a different series uh, story for the movie, which allowed them to do... A lot more effects, both practical and, uh, I guess, what goes for CGI back then. Yeah, uh, some of the some of the portal effects towards the end of the movie were like definitely like computerized in a way. Um, yeah, it's it's also interesting to see sort of the tone uh, differentiate between like Evil Dead One and Two because if they had done Evil Dead One and were like, okay, we're just going to make a sequel now, it might have been very different because also at least for me when I watch it, Evil Dead Two is like funnier and that's sort of what leads mm-hmm. into army of darkness being like a horror comedy because it sort of has those moments where they they came back with more money more more room for effects but also more room for jokes which like lightened it up a little bit because one is like very dark and like very serious and very like creepy and like almost like because is it one where all the blood is like black it is and you can tell for anyone that's seen both one and two as well as the uh, most recent remake that Bruce Campbell was not involved with, you can tell that easily they based the remake on the first one, not the second. Well, he was... Uh, okay, so the Fetty Alvarez one is pretty great. Bruce Campbell was technically involved, because if you stayed to the end of the credits, he shows up. True. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, actually, I never thought of it that way. So, like, the new one is sort of like an offshoot if they had gone with a more serious tone versus, mm-hmm. like, now what we're looking at. Because 
coming into Ash vs. Evil Dead now so many years later, it did very much come through. And I know that they did have some weird rights issues, especially with some of the things from Army of Darkness, um, still going along that, like the, the comedy horror bent, which was so great. Because when you catch up with a character like Ash Williams, who has time traveled has, like, seen some shit, and, like, still is, like you were saying, this, like, suave jackass who, like, gets the girl, but is also, like, kind of an asshole. You're like, well, what has he been doing for, like, the last 30 years? And it's, like, exactly what you think. He still works in a hardware store, like, he's just living in, like, just outside of his hometown because he doesn't want to be still stuck in his hometown. To be fair, it is a superstore. He happens to work in the housewares department. (laughs) Shop smart. Shop S smart. And yeah, so can you, when this show was announced and when we found out that we were actually going to be getting like a legitimate follow-up to the original trilogy of movies, um, what were you thinking? Like, I know you've seen, so that's where we differentiate a little bit. You're seeing the first two seasons. I am like caught up to this last episode that's coming out this weekend, so I won't try to get into too much spoilers, but... What has been your reaction so far to this show? Like, how do you feel about its journey? Like, do you do you feel sort of gypped that it's ending so soon already? I do, because even though a few of the episodes, I'd say, went over the, ho- went over the top and tried a little too hard to reflect earlier work of Sam Raimi and Ash Will- uh, Bruce Campbell, I love the fact that it exists um it i feel anyone that was a fan of evil dead army of darkness anyone who's a fan of sam raimi's work or bruce campbell's work even though there's a lot that overlaps was excited and ready to see this happen and has been a fan of the show that's occurred thus far if anyone that was following it and tracking for years now there were rumors of a potential Evil Dead 4, or even rumors of, actually separate, would be in Army of Darkness 2, uh, which could be the same movie, but could also not. All depends on, uh, my school of thought was an Evil Dead 4 would follow Army of Darkness, how it ended uh, cinematically with him doing everything necessary uh to correctly get himself back to his original but time. But then getting stuck in the car, right? Uh, he, uh, how it happened was he got back to his original time, and Army of Darkness ends with him back at S-Mart, and some bitch turns into a deadite, <laughs> and he manages to get one of the uh, shotguns that apparently is already loaded from S-Mart and blows her away. And gets a girl who happens to be some customer he just met seconds before. (laughs) Uh, However, there is an alternate ending to Army of Darkness, which I feel they would have followed through with had they made an Army of Darkness 2, in which, uh, while he is the satirically suave uh, jackass, he is kind of a moron in certain common sense aspects. So how the alternate ending actually follows through with that where he's supposed to uh, swallow a certain amount of drops of some magic potion or something that the wise man from Army of Darkness makes, but he accidentally puts one too many drops because he hears a sound in this cave that he's in, it distracts him, he counts off, 
uh, he gets off his count and takes too many drops, wakes up, I believe, like a thousand years later, rather than his time frame itself, walks out of the cave to see a wasteland and a giant compound that looks, I believe, has a giant skull and is obviously a deadite compound, and the deadites have taken over the world. So my school thought would have been that a second Army of Darkness, an Army of Darkness 2, would have continued directly from that. And this this sort of goes into, yeah, like the... There's so many offshoots, there's been derivative comic books... But the video games sort of touch on that a little bit, where he's, like, flung into the future, and it's, like, ruled by deadites and things like that. And that was always interesting, because Bruce Campbell actually went back and did the voice work for the video games, which was really cool. But and the video games touch a lot more on the time travel aspect that was done uh, in Army of Darkness, and uh, even touched on a bit in the second season of uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. So, there are... A lot of subtle and a lot of various obvious uh, callbacks to all the movies in the current show. Yeah, and that's, um, at least in my experience, uh, this show is really close to me because I've had the opportunity for the past three seasons to, whether it was um, they had an advanced premiere in Boston that I went to for the first season and that was really cool. And then I saw, I've seen them at either at San Diego Comic-Con or at New York Comic-Con premiering, like, the new episodes of each season subsequently after that. And um, hearing Bruce and the rest of the cast talk about it, they're all really into it. But a lot of the problems they ran into were the fact that um, they were really pushing for people to subscribe to Star's service to, like, keep it going. Which I have a feeling, like, none of the other, like, bigger Star shows necessarily have that problem and i feel like maybe it was a little bit of the treatment that they got at the the channel itself but you know production wise they were able to get away with a lot of stuff and when you start watching the third season you'll see that they do a lot more of those callbacks and it was almost like as much as they love what they were doing and they were enjoying it and they were putting out great stuff they almost knew that it was going to eventually lead into this like kind of un, almost unfulfilling cancellation or like, you know, oops, like it's not going any further. Because if, especially watching some of the last episodes of the third season, it's like, okay, they're like putting all this stuff in there that's really cool and there's only one episode left, like what's going to happen? But at the very least, I'm very excited about the movie that will come out in the future called Williams, which also stars Woody Harrelson and Donald Glover. <laughs> all the Williams, got to get them in there gotta happen would it fly <laughs> but yeah i think i'm hoping watching this last episode this weekend uh will be a nice closure i'm hope i'm hoping we're not left with like a cliffhanger because that would be unfortunate they have been talking about making a movie so maybe it'll wrap and then they'll make like a rap movie in another 10 years or lord knows but another thing i'd like to touch on is the fact that he is Bruce Campbell is a B-movie actor, so while he has announced the retirement of Ashley J. Williams, there are other characters that he's played that we would love to see come back, or we would love to see done again, or done differently, or or just other characters he's done in general maybe we can spend some time on. Like, right off the top of my head, I would think Bubba Hotep um, was one of my favorite movies, and I know, spoilers in that movie, like, pretty much everybody dies, but... Uh, it's still an incredible movie, and just the fact that you get um, somebody like Bruce Campbell, who is like very, very much a character of himself and who he plays, playing 
somebody who throughout the whole film you're not sure is or isn't Elvis is incredible. So you, if you haven't seen that movie, definitely check it out. But yeah, Sean, are there are there any other roles in general that stick out to you that you know while Ash is gone, there's other things uh, that Bruce could do? I mean, we're not worried about him; he's going to be fine. But uh, what would you like to see him do, or what would what do you think? of his other roles outside of uh, the Evil Dead universe? Well, I don't know if there are necessarily any that of his previous that I feel can be carried on to the future. Um, there are several roles I enjoyed him in. Uh, I liked when he was Sam Axe on Burn Notice, uh, one of the USA shows that I enjoyed because characters were always welcome. Uh, <laughs> In which he was a former... I'm trying to think exactly what his position was. I know he was like special forces for the Navy, but I can't remember if he ever was part of any uh, government agency. McHale's Navy? Oh, yes. Another <laughs> uh, Bruce Campbell classic. But there are several that I enjoyed. However... As far as new roles, I'd love to continue seeing Bruce Campbell in new features, new television shows, what have you, that he plays characters similar to uh, the Ash Williams character, uh, which I feel that as there is a little bit of Bruce Campbell in all his characters that he plays, he carries a little bit of Ash Williams in all those characters as well. <laughs> Uh, and I would enjoy maybe also they do a continuation if they want to continue the Army of Darkness slash Evil Dead franchise, a potential passing of the torch, as it were, in which Bruce Campbell, still major role in this featurette, basically passes to a new Ash. Uh, it doesn't have to be someone related to him, doesn't need to be someone named Ash, but someone to take up the uh, the mantle, as you will, to take up the chainsaw and continue his work. Though, it's weird as much... I'd love to see that, and as much as I would, I wouldn't want to see anything past that. Yeah. I feel that that would be the proper way to conclude, rather than for it to be the cancellation of this show. So you would... So you're saying you would like, like some other, maybe like an, a, a, a punctuation on the Raimi... Evil Dead universe. Like, I would also be happy to see a follow-up to Fetty Alvarez's Evil Dead from a few years back. Like, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, but again, it's very different in tone. But yeah, if it does get to a point where they decide they are going to make Evil Dead 4, like, in that universe with scoping in both the original three movies, the series, and this, I think that would be interesting. I think it would be tough to sell as a movie. It might have to be, like, a TV movie or, like, a mm -hmm. Netflix special or something like that. Nowadays, I would not be surprised if they could get it as a Netflix movie. It's true. It's very there's so much there's so much flexibility, and um, you know, you and I know each other well enough. But the the our dear listeners at home might not know a lot of the TV shows that we really like got connected to growing up wound up getting canceled too soon, and this feels like one definitely that's falling into that category. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not necessarily horror, but I guarantee we can do entire episodes on countless tv shows that got canceled before they're like in their prime gone too soon r.i.p but yeah i think um i think bruce bruce campbell will be fine 
I I think even though he's declared this the the retirement of Ashley J. Williams, I don't think he's going to be retired for long, um, because as we know, the things that are dead don't stay dead for very long. Um, True enough. <laughs> so uh, hopefully he is a longtime listener to the Fear Boners podcast and takes this to heart and decides to to reconsider. But yeah, so. Uh, if if you liked these movies growing up, if you'd seen them when you were younger, if you haven't seen them yet, definitely go and check out the, the Evil Dead movies. Look for Bruce Campbell's other movies. Terminal Invasion is another one we were just talking about um, before we started recording that I really enjoyed. It's I can't even remember the name of his character. Sometimes he's just Joe, Joe Schmo and he's thrust into this one, but that's one where he's like an ex-con being transported to another prison and they get stuck in this Alaska airport and suddenly there's aliens and they have to survive the, through the night and that one's a really fun one. And that's a very good, like almost a prime example of uh, showing that Ash Williams, while a suave ladies man jackass, can play a serious role so he's not limited to that uh, overbearing, over-the-top acting that we love him for. But he can act. He is a good actor. He can play a serious role in that. Oh, he's very, yeah. He's Bruce Campbell's very capable. And um, I think for a while he was very reluctant to be associated with the Evil Dead movies because he got, he didn't get typecast, but he did get over-associated with those things. But now that he's come back into it after all these years, like when, when you see him live, when they're, they're doing the presentations for the series, he's like very much into the fans and like, Bruce how supportive Campbell they is are. Evil Dead. He is. He's very much a part of it. His cast also seems to really love him. So, I don't know if they do some sort of like one of those fan petitions to make make things happen. They might be able to do that. I mean, I don't think it could exist without him because it's not like Resident Evil franchise where the entire movies are built on a character that didn't even exist. They just made her up. Yeah, like if they made uh, six movies in the seventh movie, they're suddenly like, oh, we couldn't get Mila Jojovich, so we're just going to use somebody else. Yeah, whereas, I mean, she became the Resident Evil movies, so they could technically go off in another direction, like had they done earlier on, but Bruce Campbell is the icon that represents Evil Dead, so like, if they made an Evil Dead, if they continued on any form of media in any direction of the Evil Dead uh, universe, if it didn't have Ash Williams and if it didn't have Bruce Campbell, it would not have the following of the Evil Dead fans. True. And that's, like, I think this show in particular does a really great job of not only highlighting the fact that he is the he is the franchise, but also has built up this great supporting cast. Um, everybody else on the show really stood out. I mean... For the most part, every episode they get like ten gallons of fake blood dunked on them anyway, so you know these people like must love the job if they're willing to put up with that much bullshit. But, you know, at the end of the day, you don't see as many shows on TV that have that level of care taken in them too, because you see the practical effects, a lot of the blood and gore, a lot of the monster work and makeup work was like really well crafted. So I think if you do get a chance to check out the movies, watch the show, even the the show does take it over the top. There are a lot of very like super gross out moments, but like you got to just kind of slow down, let it happen, appreciate it. Thank me later. You can hit me up. We have an email now, fearboners, D-I-F-P at gmail.com. You can tell me I'm a butthead for recommending this, but you should definitely go and check it out. But yeah, so I guess... Uh, congratulations on your retirement, Ashley J. Williams. 
but we are eagerly looking forward to you coming out of retirement to to finish up your uh your your job as the chosen one because uh, clearly that is a job that is never done in the meantime uh we look forward to whatever bruce campbell decides to do because at the end of the day he is the real person and he can make up his own damn mind as to what he wants to do as sad as it is that is true we can't decide for him i mean i know i feel i speak for at least a lot of fans when i say that i would love to choose what he does and i would choose him to continue <laughs> on ash williams but true enough well so a while back they were um toying with the idea of doing freddy versus jason versus ash and they did actually make a comic of it which was okay but for years there was speculation that they were working on getting the licensing and everything together to actually make a movie after actually Freddy vs. Jason happened. I doubt that will happen, but would that be something that you would be interested in seeing? I would be. It would be much like a film that, if you have never been to a comic book convention, you will have no idea what I'm talking about. But there's usually at least one stand that's either playing it on a TV screen or has it in a bootleg copy uh, DVD in which it is Alien vs. Predator vs. Batman. I'm trying to remember exactly Dead what end. it's called. Dead End. Yep. Uh, I feel it would potentially end up a lot like that where it's just a small like, not really uh, affiliated with any big name uh, production companies or anything but if they could get their hands on the costumes it could happen. <laughs> well, it's like that. That's how know, Dead End got made. They were able to get their hands on the costumes. The Power Ranger fan film that came out like last, like a few years ago, that like Saban was like, no, 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 cut that out. We're actually making a new movie, mm-hmm. and it was really good. It was really dark. It was like a dark, gritty Power Rangers reboot. But um, yeah, so uh, any fans of the the show, uh, dear listeners listening to the podcast, if you are fan film creators, get on it. Um, we would appreciate to see it. Um, send it our way. Uh, ask us, maybe we'll be in it if you need somebody to, to kill or somebody to dunk blood on or, or what have you. But yeah, I guess that's that's a wrap. It's kind of hard to, to end an episode on such a, a bummer note. There's nothing that we're really going to be able to say. Gone but not forgotten. He's not dead, he's still alive, but it's still really sad to see this show go and our favorite character go. Sean, do you have any last words for, for the retirement of Ashley J. Williams? Uh, just that he is the once and future king. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. Uh, and with that, dear listeners, thanks so much um, for listening to Fear Boners, presented by the Down and Front Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. Uh, you can find me anywhere on the internet by searching The Abs Man. I am out there, and I will keep pumping these Fear Boners out for you uh, at whatever regular intervals I can manage. Uh, my guest today was my good friend, Sean Bukowski. Where can the uh, folks find more of you on the internet, Sean? Uh, as of right now, you can find me at, at Sean M. Bukowski on Twitter. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to plug something. Yeah, plug it away. Uh, be on the lookout for a podcast that I intend to have coming out shortly. Uh, the first episode should be up with any luck uh, this month. I'm hoping this podcast gets released this month of May. Uh, but in the month of May, it's called Would It Fly? Uh, you can follow it. Uh, there should shortly be a Twitter with updates at uh, WIF. A lot more simple than my personal Twitter. This podcast is basically myself and 
rotating guest co-hosts, which talk about those ideas that you may have when you're just sitting around, like, you know, it'd be cool if this happened, or if there was a movie about this, or these guys made a television show based on that. And we go through the intricacies of how that would play out and whether or not we feel it could be successful in the real world had it done so. And like I said, I hope to have that up soon. Be on the lookout for it. I think the real question of would it fly is, is this podcast going to fly? You let him know by tuning in and looking out for that podcast, folks. Just do it. Anything else that you'd like to add? Only that I, I'm at a loss for words still. I can't believe that. Ashley J. Williams, the character, is no more. You're fine. You have a whole season to watch. I have one episode left, and I'm, like, terrified to watch it. Uh, All right, folks. Thanks again for listening. Um, You can find out more about us on our website, downinfrontpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash downinfrontpodcast. You can email the guys directly at downinfrontpodcast at gmail.com. Like I was saying before, we have a Fear Boners specific email now. It's fearbonersdifp at gmail.com. So anything you want to bug me with, if you want to tell me you hate Bruce Campbell, you love Bruce Campbell, you hate us, you love us, there's other movies we should watch, please send those recommendations directly to us. We will reply as quickly as we can. We also have a YouTube channel where we post these episodes as well. Um, you can find us on Twitch sometimes. Um, we do video game streaming. And you can find us at twitch.tv backslash down in front podcast. Uh, we also tweet all the time. So if you're looking for updates, regular on the moment updates, you can find us at underscore D-I-F-P. Um, and then, uh, last but not least, if you enjoy these episodes and you, you know, this gets you through your day, this gets you through your morning commute to work, if it helps you kill time, if you... Uh, uh, like what you hear if you love our velvety smooth dulcet tones of our voice help lull you to sleep every night because maybe the content is boring to you but it still helps you get to sleep if we fill your day in any way pop on over to patreon.com backslash down in front podcast check it out you can you can help us even the smallest bit helps even if you can only donate a dollar a month that basically goes towards um helping us get this together helping us scheduling it helping us getting it out to you because we do at the end of the day do it completely for free for you guys because we love you guys we love movies um so yeah check it out over on patreon.com backslash down and from podcast and that is going to be it thanks so much for listening and we'll be back with more fear boners as soon as possible You can't hear it, but I'm waving at the phone.